Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. tell you another deep dive we're doing is into the bottom of this bourbon bottle <laughs> oh my god Kevin. i feel great i don't have to work tomorrow so oh, you son I, of a bitch i'm all set man it's gonna be nothing but smooth sailing my ties senoritas and margaritas I, do, got, I got some writing and editing that i need to do but nothing serious nothing time sensitive oh nice, nice but anyway we're not here to talk about our jobs Fuck all that we're here to talk about a uh, an addiction we have this yeah, movie isn't even a cult this is a movie that probably doesn't even have that much affection but it should be watched it yeah. should be watched on like a bad movie night yeah it's fun to watch i laughed out loud several times watching the movie at just the shit that i was seeing. i think probably the word incredulous was was the general mood over with me while i was working on it just being like this doesn't make any sense. Well, if you're the type of person who will like listen to us talk for three to four hours about Highlander <laughs> or Under Siege, then this is right then up this, your You've seen alley. the shit out of this movie. Yeah. This and movie comes as no surprise. <laughs> yes. This movie will not shock you. This was on cable heavy rotation. I just was forbidden to watch it. Because of the religious context. I don't think it was which that. we're really going to be getting into I think my here. mom just never took an interest, and then she was like, what the fuck is going on on this? I can't. I don't think it was about the crucifixion. I think it was about the like the little girl being tortured. Mm. And then it's yeah. like, this is, you should not be watching this. You're going to wind up, you know. A masochist or a sadist some, or, we, or one of the two. Some type of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about Cyborg 1989. <laughs> it feels like it was probably made a lot earlier than that because the production quality is the worst you've ever seen in your life. Yep. Um, this is a blind taste test for Kevin. That's right. And um, and yeah, we're we're talking about this. This will be our fourth episode in the series. I'm going to get us caught up on what's happened. Um, a post-apocalyptic world, plague, cyborgs got the cure. A bad guy catches the cyborg. A good guy's chasing the bad guy. Picks up a sidekick along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they somehow bypass all rules of space and time to end up at the exact spot where the bad guys are going to disembark from their boat and hit the road to Atlanta where the robot will make the help make the cure. Instead of going just straight from Hoboken to Atlanta, they decide they're going to pick them off at, at uh, Charleston. Yeah. For some outside of Charleston. It's the only place they could possibly the, uh, get off their boat. The coast. So um, then what happens is that, they try to re the good guys try to rescue the robot. The cyborg says no, thank you. <laughs> and then and then, yes. and then the good guys you're are not off. strong enough to save me. I'm gonna keep kicking it with the bad guys. Rude. And then and now the bad guys are after the good guys. And yeah. that's where we're at. The hunter has become the hunted. The oh. um, I'm excited to lead this 
chapter of the flick because it's fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, this this um, part is nuts. But so yeah, so we got uh, the good guys. That is Gibson and Natty. They're being chased after by Anthony Kiedisgoon and uh, one that I've christened Shigoon. I like Shigoon. Shigoon. Yeah. Shigoon. She was she was a yoked up bodybuilder type chick. Yeah. So she looks like an American gladiator. Yeah. So she's leading the charge. Anthony Kiedis is following. Uh, Gibson and Natty, they're running as fast as they can, but Gibson seems to be exhausted. Natty is still kind of woozy from being like knocked out earlier or whatever happened to her. Again, not sure exactly why Gibson's like all of a sudden utterly exhausted other than I guess he's been carrying Natty for a ways. Run like you're tired. Yeah. He's doing his best to pretend to be tired. Okay. But over-exaggerating the shit out of it. It looks so bad. So the bad guys, they seem to be gaining on him. There's this one shot where Shigun was like right behind Gibson with Natty a little bit out in front of him. Mm -hmm. Then we see more pirates emerging from the manhole, continuing the pursuit. Gibson is like stumbling and falling in a pool of water that's like knee deep, Uh which I feel like now there's this total lack of continuity and plausibility because they tried to cut around it. Like when Gibson went down, you could see someone's arm waving like next to him, like they're running past him. I don't know if that was supposed to be Natty or Shigun, mm-hmm. but maybe they're just like, well, it doesn't make any sense that like he would fall down and Shigun would just run right past him right. to keep after the girl. But I think that's what was supposed to happen. Maybe the conceit they, is, yeah. They cut around it for some reason. Um, either way, the way it's edited, it's all of a sudden seems like Anthony Kiedis Goon is now out in front. Yeah. And he's the first one to catch yeah, up. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, how did, where did you come from? He was from? well behind uh, Shigun. But I think it's because they just cut around he's, Shigun running past. He's very fast. He was trucking it. Yeah. So he comes to Gibson with his staff. Gibson defends himself with yet another knife that he's produced from mm-hmm. upon his person. Endless supply, like a bottomless fucking Mary Poppins sack <laughs> of knives that he's got throughout this movie. Because he keeps being out of knives. And then in the next scene, he's got a few more knives. So there's a whole lot of swinging and missing by both the guys. Anthony Kiedis Goon presses a button and like blades all of a sudden extend out the ends of his staff, which I feel like is a thing you would have done immediately. Yeah. Not let me let us get to a stalemate. What have you been waiting for? (laughs) So Gibson, he spins out of the way of one of Kiedis's thrusts, slashes him across the face. Meanwhile, Shigun is caught up with Natty. She comes at her. They start swinging blades at each other, and Natty just cleanly chops off Shigun's hand. Sweet. Like, impossible, though. Yeah. You would need, like, a broadsword or an axe or something to take someone's hand you off. You don't know how Natty, you know how strong she is. And how sharp her blade. Yeah. Maybe he <laughs> taught her how to sharpen a knife. Yes. While they were making the it. The unconventional sharpening technique. Mm-hmm. So Shigun screams, stares at her bloody stump. Natty stabs her in the gut. Then I love this. Shigun whacks Natty in the face with her stump. <laughs> the blood that goes flying is so it's like gruesome. Uh, both that shit made me laugh out loud. When I watched. Yeah, it. I was like, "What?" Well, she sad. hit her with this stump. That's Natty's third concussion of the movie. <laughs> second in the past twenty minutes. Yeah, so both women go down in a heap. Back now, we see there's more pirates. They're running towards the action. There's this one mega swole dude. He's just shedding his shirt while he's on the <laughs> run. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be able to swing. It was the Greek, uh, the Greek 
buffed out dude. Snuffacacus. Snuffacacus. So now Gibson and Anthony Kiedis goon, they're circling each other. Gibson busts out another patented Van Damme spin kick, which is what we're here for. Uh, Gibson stands Kiedis up to kick him again. That that massive swole goon shows up. He grabs Gibson and flings him to the ground. Mm -hmm. And I cannot stress how bad the fucking editing was. Yeah, this whole part, I'm like, what is happening? There was so... It was not the editor's fault. I think, like, they didn't have the pieces they needed. But, like, when swole goon grabs Gibson, they inserted, like, this half-second shot of Gibson running and then (laughs) cut to Gibson being flung to the ground. And I'm like... Perfect. Perfect. You win. Perfect. So Gibson, Gibson gets up. He deploys his little boot spike. He kicks with a back heel kick, negating the uh, use of the boot spike. He's like, ah, shit. What if he said, ah, fuck (laughs) it. Damn, I fucked that up. You fucked it up the rear. So Swolgoon catches his kick, snaps the spike off the boot. Uh, He wrestles Gibson to the ground and has him this like leg lock sort of thing. Gibson kicks Swole Goon in the face. It's also worth mentioning that now Gibson has a big gash across his cheek. Oh, wasn't there before? It wasn't there a moment ago, Mm. and no one hit him or swiped him in the face. I'm telling you, there's a lot of weird editing stuff happening in this flick. I don't know. They must have chopped out some more action. Yeah. But um, Gibson kicks Swole Goon in the face. And then I guess snaps his neck according to the yeah. closed caption. It's what it looked which like. Which said, neck snaps. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, because you they didn't really show it. They didn't have the coverage of that. He, you could, uh, the, the the shot that they used kind of looked like. He crouched over him and grabbed his head. And you hit the sound said, effect. The sound snaps. effect was neck snapping. So now several more pirates are coming from all directions, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. They should all be coming from one direction. Like, like a band, like Harry Styles. <laughs> like Harry Styles and Zane. But I don't know how they've surrounded him now. But anyway, he grabs one of the pirate's knives, stabs a dude in the gut, killed him instantly. Mm-hmm. Which always makes me laugh when like a stab to the gut, you're just instantly dead. Uh, well, you may as well I be. I feel like Damn, that'd be rough. hours, though, to die. Anyway, Gibson is quickly overwhelmed. He's laying exhausted in the sand. Pirates are all surrounding him in the circle. There's nothing to do but like writhe and spit blood. Where's Natty right now? We don't know. She's not helping him. Yeah, where the fuck has she been? I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious because she lets him spend. Oh, a, she's concussed. She's she gonna con- let him spend a long was, time on that crucifix. She was con- she was concussed with the girl. She cut the hand off and they hit each other. Yeah, she got whacked by the stump. Yeah. Once you get with well, the one concussion, it's easier to get concussed again. Oh, after like that, just right? over and over again. So, Fender comes speed walking over, <laughs> like in the, from the direction of this sort of decaying skeleton of a ship that's there. But trying to speed walk in sand is awkward. Yeah. Plus, imagine doing it in chainmail and a Shakespearean madrigal shirt. Absolutely. So Fender crouches down to inspect Gibson, tells the pirates to stand him up. Then Fender just fucking wails on him mm-hmm. for a while, like driving him in the direction of the wrecked ship. Fender is easily blocking Gibson's attacks and just beating the fucking shit out of him. But there's no real technique to the way that uh, Fender fights. Mm-mm. It's just, and he's getting a lot of help from the sound effects guy. Yeah, you can you can tell those those punches are hard. It should have been that, like the Indiana Jones punches, or the the most severe sounding punch punches like in, in movies. Thunderclap! It sounds like someone's like breaking an oak log. 
This was though a bigger ass kicking. Like this is the biggest ass kicking I think I've ever seen Van Damme get in a movie. That's probably why you're so unhappy. Maybe I don't like to get beat up. Yeah, he's like, I, well, he wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily get beat up like that because I'm, I'm actually <laughs> I'm the best. A much better fighter. It reminded me though when Kong Po was just kicking ass in, in kickboxer because uh, whatever Van Damme couldn't him. fight back. So, but yeah, uh, Fender lays Gibson out with this final punch. I don't know that a person could take a beating like that and live. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, Fender picks Gibson up by the collar, removes his sunglasses to show those unnatural blue eyes that he's got. Then Fender headbutts Gibson in the face and the movie cuts to black. For like one second. Yeah. Sometime later, they've got uh, Gibson crucified high up on the mast of this wrecked ship. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking high up there. Like, how'd they get him up He's there high? tied, and they've, like, pierced his wrists with, with arrows. With, like, steel arrows or something. How do they get him up there? I don't know. That I would like to have seen that happen, because I don't know how possible it is. But um, the pirates are all standing around, admiring their handiwork as this crane shot. The camera, like, is slowly, yeah. excruciatingly slowly pan up. To reveal the battered and bloody Gibson. Shit was like that crane shot and gone with the wind. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he seems to be uh, tied and staked to the crucifix with arrows. I can't imagine the amount of pain that you would have with that. And like nerve damage, blood loss, like pick your poison. Yeah. So in a close-up, we see that Pirate Haley, she's looking conflicted again. Fenders looks very satisfied, tells his crew, let's go. Haley lingers behind clutching her necklace. There's a brief flashback to young Haley wearing mm-hmm. the same necklace. Then she and Gibson stare at each other for a fucking long time mm-hmm. before Gibson passes out. Well, you said Gibson like mouths her name and then like swoons. Haley. Yeah. Haley. Haley. Then there's a whole lot of like slow motion walking from Haley walking away. Also, you could very clearly on the close-ups of Van Dam like see the harness that was the rig or whatever that was had, had him like strapped to this cross, uh-huh. as it were. So Fender yells out, Haley, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? She comes running. Yeah, they slow-mo walk away. Much later at sunset, Gibson's still unconscious on the makeshift cross. Why do they show a sunset and then continue to show Gibson in daylight afterwards? Well, I thought that it was like... It was like magic hour, Well, no, I thought that it was like it was sunset, and then he started having the flashback, and then he woke up, and it was the next morning. But it was still, like, not dark. Well, for the same reason that, like, the next morning earlier, the moon was out, like, and it was nighttime. (laughs) The next morning, it was nighttime, Kevin. Anyway, it's gotten to be nighttime, I guess. And if you thought that you were going to get a flashback of Gibson's entire backstory again. In fact, let's string all the flashbacks we've seen together and then try to fill in some blanks. Buddy. You thought right. Yeah. Double the mileage, baby. He dreams back to the time that he's first linked up with Mary, Haley, and the boy. Uh, it's that awkward scene where the kids had their heads in his lap. <laughs> like night one of knowing each other. So he's got a tender way with the kids that makes Mary horny. Mm-hmm. Cut to the scene where Mary and Gibson are staying, like ask him to stay whatever at the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Cut to the flashback of Gibson, like putting his weapons he's away. He's going straight. Cut to the fucking yeah, Though it's gotten that, even well, bluer. That awkward blue lit passionless necking. It got even bluer though. The I last time we saw it is happening. 
Cut to Fender and his squad watching them through the window, creepy and horny as ever. Checking out the sexually <laughs> exhausted Gibson and Mary. Anthony Keenis Coon again, pulling that curtain back. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Davis. I, I can't see. I can't see good Move. Enough. Move. Yeah, I want to see too. I can't see good I want to see. <laughs> What are so, they doing? Uh, Gibson snaps awake again. He's still up on this ship's mast crucifix. It's now broad daylight. So did that was all night long he yeah. was up there, I guess? He was up there hallucinating for hours. He now flashes back to the scene where he is shirtless for some reason. He's uh, him. Well, because they'd been fucking the night before. <laughs> well, him, Mary, and the little boy, they're bound up and dangling at the top of the well. They're like bound in barbed wire. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. Young Fender walks up, removes his sunglasses, and stares at Gibson. And they treated this moment like it was a big reveal, like we didn't know it was Fender until he took the glasses off. Right. But it was clearly the same dude. Like, I right. don't know if that was meant to be a reveal or not. <laughs> and I remember thinking the music, as a There was kid, a musical cue. I remember as a kid watching this and thinking, so wait, when did the bad guy become a... He didn't start out a cyborg, but he became one later. <laughs> I'm serious. I was like, I was like, so he started out as like a normal guy, but now he's a cyborg. And like thinking, I was like, what's happening? When none of them are cyborgs, I yeah, guess, exactly. in the end? Yeah, none of them. They're all cyborgs. <laughs> I honest to God thought, I was like, so he used to be like a normal guy, but then he became like, he became he's super strong. The cyborg. <laughs> One of some, what if the movie's called Cyborg? Cyborgs. cyborgs. He's a Highlander. He's a Kurgan. <laughs> he's the uh, Kurgan. He's some Kurgan. <laughs> um, this, that's some Kurgan. That's some Kurgan. So, hey, wow, look at that. That's some Kurgan. <laughs> But so, uh, hold on. And now back in the present, Gibson, he's up on that cross. He's screaming in rage and agony. There's no one around to hear him. This is the only part of the movie, that, as I said earlier, I think, that I remember. Because this was like the scene, I guess, I was had flipped on. Yeah. Mom walked in and was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I don't know what this <laughs> shit is. Carol. You're not watching this. And I never watched it again until a couple weeks ago. You're welcome. Yeah. That was the only time in my life I think I was told that I couldn't watch something. Like, that is just too much. Because I was watching Kickboxer and Die Hard and fucking Commando and all sorts of shit. But for some reason, this was the one that mom was like, no. As we've, as we've talked about, like, my parents were pretty game for most things. They, they were not huge fans of the F-bomb. And if the F-bomb was dropped repeatedly, then a movie might get turned off. But if there was There's not one, a lot of cussing in this, is there? If there was one tit. Movie had to be turned off. Yeah, can't allow him to see that booby. Then the like the, hu- never- the, <laughs> the human nipple. <laughs> oh wait, this and Beavis and Butthead were the two things that I was like not supposed to watch. Oh my god, because I don't like that. Parents, <laughs> yeah. Parents, find something real to Other stress kids about. are probably like fucking doing crack and, and <laughs> fucking. You know what I mean? I was like, and we're, we're, just not we're not allowed to watch I the Simpsons. I just want to watch Cyborg. <laughs> Mom, come on. But, but the Simpsons is on. No. <laughs> uh, now, back in a flashback, we got um, Fender takes young Haley's hands, wraps them around that barbed wire that's attached to like the rope or whatever that's holding Gibson and Mary and the boy up. Yeah. I don't like, dude, watching the scene again, I don't actually blame my mom because this scene is like as fucked up as a scenario as you could really even dream up. Yeah. So back in the present, 
Gibson, in his rage, he starts kicking the back of his heels up against the ship's mast, like trying to break it. This is intercutting back and forth with Fender telling young Haley, like in the flashback, it's up to you. If you hold them, they'll live. Why didn't they tie up his legs? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The yeah, whole it's dark. The whole scenario like, is weird. If you, it's up to you. If you hold Dude, them, that's dark. That fucks up. That fucks me up. Still, like that's it's pretty hard to watch. So Gibson, he's straining and he's thrashing around against the crucifix. In the flashback, Fender and the pirates <laughs> like like let go of the rope and the barbed wires ripping through Young Haley's hands as she's screaming out. Good continuity that you can see, like when they show the shot of the well and the barbed wire is mm-hmm. like streaming towards it. It's like covered Bloody. in meat and blood and stuff. Oh man, that's fucked up, dude. But um, yeah, it's horrible to watch. So Gibson, he seems to give up on his struggle up on the ship's mast. In the flashback, we see Gibson climbing up out of the well. Not quite sure how he got untangled from all that barbed wire. He's, yeah, superhuman. He had to be like a fucking bloody mess, which maybe he was. But then we see that Mary and presumably the boy, I guess they died. I, it looked like they hit their heads or something. Or Mary, at least I could only really make out Mary. So I wondered if like someone's, his did his body weight crush, crush them? the boy? Did maybe, he, like, I don't know. It's Yeah, anyway, they didn't make it. So Gibson drops to his knees and he yells out, Fender! Uh, present day Gibson regathers his strength and with one final kick, he snaps that ship's mast, tips over. Now, although he's just stuck to the crucifix, like yeah. lying he's on like the ground. Lay, yeah, laying face up, still tied up, still impaled. <laughs> Our situation has not improved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the silhouette, though, of Natty standing over him to free him. It's very Mad Max-ish shot, yeah. that one. Rip, like, ripped ripped off. Another major influence on this shit. Then she's like, I told you you were going to need my help. Like, yeah, but where the hell have you been the last 12 hours? She was knocked out. I was up on this fucker overnight. Yeah, yeah, that's... She's, well, again, <laughs> she's been knocked out several times I in guess one day. So. It's lucky she woke up, I guess. Now, cut to Fender and his dwindling crew. They're hiking through this thick, overgrown forest. Fender is asking Pearl, what can we expect in Atlanta? She says, it's the last of the old world. And then he says, well, it's waiting for me, cyborg. And he's like, whatever you want, guns, weapons, the cure, if they find it, life. And he says, death. Then he predicts, you know, you're going to betray me once we get there. She denies it. No, I know how strong you are. He says, don't look down on me. Oh, shit. Okay. It's like, damn, that insecurity came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like, it's like my mother it. never loved me. Their mouth's not even close to matching it with what's being yeah. said. But yeah, it's like, again, the insecurity of Fender. Don't look down on me. It's fucking odd shit. So they come now to this rusty yet somehow still smoking shells of cars uh-huh. that are there. Like, why are they smoking, John? How recently were these cars on fire? Well, you never know what kind of hoodlums are running around in some place. What kind of thugs are doing things in places? Some some rap scallions are like, let's bomb these cars. Let's Molotov cocktail these cars these for the cars, 900th yeah. time. So there's a sign that's like Atlanta City Limits as the group is walking on. There was also the sign... For Confederama. Did you look up Confederama? No, is that a real thing? Oh, buddy, I looked up Confederama. I thought it was like a spoof of the Cyclorama or something. No, my friend. Well, it's closely related to the Cyclorama. And if you are of a certain age, like Kevin and I are, 
then you probably were taken on a field trip at yeah. some point to Grant Park where I think it's close, still like the Atlanta History Atlanta Museum Zoo, or something. The Cyclorama, which was a 360 art depiction of the Battle of Atlanta. Yeah, Battle of Atlanta for the Civil War. So I did Confederama is a, a real thing. I did a deep dive on Confederama, and it's a good thing that the action of this episode was so short because I'm about to eat up some time with the story <laughs> of the Confederama. The sign says Confederama next right, so I had to look this up. It was a historical attraction originally located in Chattanooga from 1957 to 1962 before it was moved to someplace called St. Elmo, which I guess is a community in Tennessee, okay. in 1997, and then was moved to Point Park, which is on Lookout Mountain in Chattanooga in 2015. So it so still it, exists? Until 2015. Okay. So, okay. So apparently it housed three dioramas, okay, including one of the 1863 Battle of Chickamauga, which is right outside That's Chattanooga. That's extreme northwest Georgia? Yeah, like right? right outside Chattanooga, between Ringgold and Chattanooga. Okay. It, which was one of the decisive battles of the American Civil War. You mean the War of Northern Aggression? That's right. <laughs> the war between as, the states. As we were taught in Georgia public schools. We were taught that that the South just wanted states' rights, States' Kevin. rights. States' rights. So apparently, according to... And you can see a copy of the brochure online still. Quote, the sounds of battle and the strains of Dixie and the battle hymn of the Republic ring out over the three-dimensional, 480-square-foot reproduction of the historic terrain, the world's largest battlefield display of its kind. And I'm here to tell you that it just looks like a big like toy set. It's just like a, it's just like a, is it a mini- built, it's a miniature? It's in miniature. It's okay. just built out in miniature. The, the only comment that I found on that site about Confederama was from this dude who said, my wife and I visited this on our honeymoon in August, 1973. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so we like I, to do plantation role play. Then, then I did. It's like that scene in Teen Wolf. Burn the house. Burn the uh, barn. Burn the house. And when you're done with that, uh, burn the fields. <laughs> Teen Wolf. Teen, dude, I've daydreamed about the, the my dream Halloween costume would be to be Civil War Teen Wolf. Yeah, that would be awesome. With the Union uniform <laughs> on a werewolf. So awesome. I'm Civil War Teen Wolf. Well, it's never too late to it's make not. that shit happen. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I looked up pictures, and apparently it was either the second or the or the final um, uh, iteration of Confederama. It just looked like a like a gas station, but they had put like crenellations like on a castle. Okay, yeah, yeah, like like, turrets and shit? Yeah, like just like plaster, not built, just like a facade. Okay. And and Confederate flags, naturally. And the pics that I showed is just a big, a big ass scale model, like a toy set. So I'll need you to send me those links. But then then I clicked on another link and it just is this like hundreds of comments. I remember this from when I was a kid. Things like this don't you know, don't exist anymore. I can't believe some snowflakes have made sure that this doesn't exist. And someone's like, it doesn't exist anymore. And but so, so it is, it is not, and was never in Atlanta. No, it was in weird. Chattanooga. That's weird. But it's it weird. is the type of shit you would have seen. I mean, we got stone oh, mountain yeah. down here. Yeah. Still like a shrine. Well, and I've to... seen lots of stuff. The AJC, I feel like has been doing a series lately on 
on Stone Mountain and there's like, you know, they're uh, trying to bring groups from across the city to come together in a dialogue about its, you know, notorious history yeah. and everything else. But anyway, Confederama. Um, Confederama. I thought that was a, a, a fever dream from the screenwriter. No, man. When I was reading, I was like, I wonder if that's a real thing. And sure okay. enough, buddy, it was. Anyway. Yes. That's we didn't know. We didn't, expect, didn't expect a history lesson. <laughs> So maybe maybe this is a like maybe they're on the the westbound road from wherever takes them through Chattanooga and then they have to travel south to Atlanta. Could be. I don't know. No, they just passed Atlanta City Limits sign also. Yeah. That's also true. I don't know what's supposed to be happening. Maybe in in uh, in Peon's world, you know, Confederama after the fall got <laughs> yeah. relocated. Yeah, relocated to Atlanta. Atlanta. They're like take it back south or or when atlanta shifted extremely northward it collided and became one That's with right. chattanooga when, when new pangea <laughs> yes. anyway if you want to know <laughs> if you want to know what's going to happen in the exciting conclusion in the actual ultimate after the penultimate <laughs> we're done penultimate penultimate stud if you want to know what's going to happen and if you want to hear my theory about why they didn't just send a floppy disk <laughs> south to atlanta Tune in for the for our exciting <laughs> conclusion of our cyborg series. I, I promise you, this movie will end. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish talking about it, and Ooh. we'll be back. 